from a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. James Tobin earned his PhD at the University of Michigan and spent 20 years as a newspaper reporter and freelance writer, where he was nominated twice for the Pulitzer. He'll be in Columbus June 17th with the Thurber House. More about that at www.craftoftheshow.com. James Tobin, welcome to Craft. Thank you very much. Well, tell me about your new book, uh, The Man He Became, How FDR Defined Polio to Win the Presidency. And I'm sure you'll be reading from this and talking about it at the, your visit with the Thurber House on Wednesday, June 17th. Well, the book, is, um, the book takes a look at just a, a, a fragment of FDR's life, the period between 1921 when he came down with polio and 1932 when he was elected president. So it takes that uh, 11 or 12 year period and narrates the the story of what happened to him once once the polio virus struck. His effort to um, come back physically and politically and takes the story um, through his um, uh, involvement with Warm Springs, Georgia, the the, uh, the infantile paralysis foundation that he set up there then his election to uh, the governorship of New York in 1928, and then finally to his election as president. And all the, all the obstacles he overcame, um, psychological, emotional, physical, and then political, a lot of the story is, is a political story about how he had to persuade people that he was ready to be a leader um, despite this significant physical disability. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, I was listening to a recent interview you did, and one of the things that you were talking about is how um, there seems to have been a shift to where the polio, his affliction with polio, was known at the time, but now there seems to be this uh, discovery that people say, "Oh, did you know that they covered that up?" Um, yeah, and I thought, thought that was really interesting um, because I remember uh, seeing things not that long ago, like there'll be a picture of him in a car. And the caption would say something like, here they are hiding the fact that he can't uh, walk yeah. well. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's a fascinating moment. I think maybe for me, one of the centrally fascinating things about this figure in modern interpretations is how that's happened. So tell me a little bit about maybe as you began working on this book and, and that kind of the distortions that you talk about in uh, his current impression that people have. of Yeah. Yeah, well, it is a, it's a fascinating question, fascinating problem for a historian to deal with. And you're right, when I started, um, I, I did quickly realize that many people had the impression that the disability was covered up, that this was a kind of, uh, kind of almost a scandalous business of keeping his disability secret from the public. Well, the fact is, when he first ran for major elective office in, in 1928, his disability was a, a major factor in the press coverage. Um, so everybody in the state of New York knew about it. Um, and, and then, you know, of course, when he ran for president four years later, uh, it was similarly very well known. Now, it's also true that, um, especially after he became president, FDR was careful not to draw attention to his disability. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, as you say, um, when he campaigned, he would often remain in the back seat of his car um, so that he could greet people that way and not be seen 
uh, walking, which he could do with his with braces on his legs and carrying a cane and holding the arm of an assistant. He could he could get around uh, awkwardly, but he could do it. Uh, but he didn't do it very much. Um, this has much more to do with avoiding the pity that people feel toward uh, people with disabilities um, and also avoiding the possibility that he would fall in public. It was not hard for FDR to lose his balance and fall. And so he certainly did want to avoid that as much as he possibly could. Um, but that has been transmuted over really recent years especially into the notion that there was a cover-up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a much, much, much more subtle story than that. Why do you think it's gone through that, that transmutation into something that was supposedly hidden? What do you think has led to that? Uh, well, I think a, a few things contribute to it. Um, there was a, a book written by a polio survivor himself um, in the 80s named Hugh Gallagher uh, called FDR Splendid Deception. He was the first one to point out the ways in which FDR, shall we say, muted his disability. Um, and I think that that book was sort of, although accurate um, in and of itself, um, it, it was, his, Gallagher's argument was kind of oversimplified and um, distorted by people who picked up on it, including um, a number of people who made, have made documentaries for, for TV about FDR over the last 20 years or so. Um, then I think that those kinds of arguments got picked up um, partly by the disability community itself when the FDR memorial was created and then unveiled in the 1990s in Washington. Um, so the, 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 this, this, this idea that FDR had somehow covered up his disability, that he had had to cover it up, um, that became part of that memorial debate. And so through TV and that news coverage, I think that's where the idea has has gotten around and misunderstood and amplified to a point where it really is a distortion. Mm -hmm. So when you're working on your book and uh, looking through all the, uh, the things that were written about him at the time, uh, what kind of, how would you characterize the coverage? You said that it was a great focus of the coverage for some of the times when he was running what uh, what how did they deal with it what was it like at the time for him well it was it was interesting because um fdr was was trying to avoid running for the governorship of new york in 1928 because he thought that he would probably lose it was going to be a republican year nationally speaking this is when uh the economy was doing very well herbert hoover in 1928 was a very popular Republican candidate for president, and he was up against Al Smith, the then governor of New York, who was a very controversial Democrat. Um, he was a Catholic, uh, the first Catholic nominee for president of a major party, and there was a great deal of anti-Catholic sentiment that many, many Democrats thought would defeat Smith, which and it certainly did help defeat him. So FDR thought he was going to be on the ticket with a losing candidate. Now, he was a political ally of Al Smith's, and Smith very, very much wanted Roosevelt to run for governor um, so as to increase his own, Smith's, chances of carrying the state of New York. Right. So Smith and his allies put pressure on FDR to run. FDR tried to avoid the race by saying in public, in the press, 
My doctors tell me that I'm making uh, good progress toward a physical recovery. It would not be wise for me to uh, subject myself to the rigors of the governorship right now, maybe later. And then Smith continues the pressure to on FDR to run, especially his allies in New York State kept the pressure on. Finally, FDR gave in, figured it was now or never. If he didn't run now, he was never going to have a chance to run for governor again. So he gave in. Well, there he is saying, well, my doctor told me not to run, but here I am running. That was the controversy in the press um, during the uh, several weeks of the of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's how it got a lot of coverage. Well, is he ready or isn't he? And so <laughs> FDR had to try and answer that question during the 28th campaign for governor. And he did it by making this very vigorous sprinting four-week campaign where he raced all over, the, all over the state, showed himself to be healthy in every other way besides the fact that he couldn't walk on his own, and uh, really made a case for himself. Um, and that's when, that's when the, the polio actually started to be an advantage for him. FDR had been a very privileged young man. He had a great political name, and he was seen to be this kind of golden boy who had had everything handed to him because of his family and his name. Well, this gave him a story that made him an underdog, that made him a guy who was seen by the public quite accurately as somebody who had come back from a terrific personal ordeal. And that was a, that was a great story to be able to tell, both in that year, 1928, and then also in 1932. That's why I wind up saying that I think that FDR uh, became president more because of polio than in spite of polio. Do you find that uh, when you make the argument like that, that there's uh, any sort of discomfort that people feel because that there's that sense of was he, you know, was he exploiting um, that sort of condition or was he legitimately, it seems, um, saying that these are the struggles that I've undergone? Um. I think that uh, he handled it extremely adeptly. Mm-hmm. He didn't make a big deal out of it. He referred to it now and then. He let his his persona, his physical performance, too, tell that story. It, it, other people picked up. Other, you know, reporters and other, you know, commentators picked up on the fact uh, that that this had been an extraordinary physical and political comeback. He mentioned it now and then, um, but just sort of glancingly and in a really classy way. So it, the last thing it was was a bit for pity. Mm-hmm. He was, he, it was, that, right. that was, you know, uh, he would never have, he thought that, that pity for him would be political poison. So he certainly didn't exploit it in that way. Um, I think what he did was, was, show the fact that this had affected his character and, and, and as the title says, the man he became. Um, this is who he now was. This was part of his, his whole life story, and it was something that people could look up to, as they certainly did. That's another, that's another part of the, the sort of the distortion of the idea that, you know, that this, this idea that he, that he tried to cover all this up and that the Secret Service tried to cover it up. This was totally part of FDR's persona as president. Um, people knew that this was a guy who had gone through his own personal hardship and come back from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, it, it, there's this funny uh, connection in my mind, and uh, maybe it's because of the I'm of a certain age and interest in in history. When there, when you when you say cover up, it it reminds me of sort of like I'm wondering if there isn't a conflation between FDR and JFK. Um, oh, and, and some well, absolutely, and, and in fact, I mean a conflation between FDR and all of the presidents since JFK. Mm -hmm. I mean, virtually all of them anyway, have been <laughs> accused of, you know, cover-ups of various kinds. Right. And, I mean, you know, it began with Nixon and Watergate, then we began to learn more about uh, JFK and his own physical illnesses, which were much more debilitating while he was in office than FDR's uh, polio was. Um, LBJ was guilty of cover-ups, you know, Bill Clinton. So our, our jaded view of the presidency in recent decades, I think, has begun to color our view of all previous presidents. That's what presidents do, we think, nowadays. They cover things up. <laughs> so uh, FDR gets, gets, uh, uh, gets tainted by that brush. When, now that you've done the book, what, what do you reflect back on as you know, some of the, the big changes you went through in sort of your feelings toward the time or your understanding of, of FDR and uh, the things that he did? Uh, I, I, I would kind of think that he was a really impressive person and you have a very different take on him now, or maybe that hasn't changed because, uh, as you said in another interview, your grandmother sat you down one time and said, this is a you know, story of a great man who, who was battling polio. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question. Um, and I, I, I have gone through, oh, kind of a long process of, of my feelings and, and, uh, and beliefs about FDR. Uh, one important thing I think I learned is that it, it's, again, it's sort of too simple to say he overcame polio. Okay, he, FDR never overcame polio. What FDR learned was how to live with polio. Now, that may seem like a distinction without a difference, but it's actually kind of a profound insight that, that I think people with disabilities develop is that, you know, you seldom come all the way back. What you do is you, you psychologically make this turn where you realize I can still lead a totally full life, an altered life, but a full life with this disability. That's what FDR had to learn painfully and in a great deal of difficulty over a number of years. He tried for years to make a full physical comeback and, and finally realized that it's not going to happen. I mean, I, in some ways, he, he never lost hope, I think. But um, he, he had to accommodate to that reality. Um, another thing I learned about FDR is that although a figure of uh, great charm, you know, if, we, if you and I met him and had dinner with him, We'd walk out just thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know this amazing, this amazing uh, person of such charm and intelligence and wit, and he seems to be so interested in us as individuals, and uh, you know, just the greatest guy ever." And, and many people felt that way about him, including many who, who knew him rather well. But FDR, at his core, was a rather chilly character who did not become close to people. Only a tiny circle of people felt that they really knew him. And even those were unsure at times and were unsure about how he really felt about them. You know, even Eleanor Roosevelt, um, after he died at one point, said, and this is a chilling thing to hear a spouse say about a spouse, she said, I was one of the people that was useful to him. Mm. Well, you know, that's sad. And, um, and, and ultimately, that's sort of the way I felt and feel about FDR. 
as as awed as I am by him, as much as I admire him as a politician and as, and as a leader, um, I don't feel that sense of personal admiration for him that I've have felt for for other other people that I've written a book uh, books about. Right. Well, James Tobin, I thank you very much for talking to me today. It's, a, it's been a great learning experience about FDR and your book, The Man He Became, How FDR Defied Polio to Win the Presidency. And I look forward to seeing you Wednesday, June 17th at the Thurber House, where you'll be reading from the book and talking about it, and I assume taking questions for people uh, who are interested in history like I am and learning about more about FDR. Good. Thanks. Thanks very much. I had fun talking to you. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.